the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that this week had to stop and start, start the show. Just a tough scene for me on the intro. They make a good SpongeBob reference that had Banks laughing, so at least we got that going for us. Uh, gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. We don't have time to talk about SpongeBob. I would like to have an episode where we talk about SpongeBob. I'm fine. I've just teased, never, I've never seen many episodes. Like you, we can talk about it. I'll just be like, I haven't seen it. There's surprisingly fewer episodes for you for you to watch to really capture what you need to capture. Like I think there's an impression that people have that the SpongeBob run was a lot deeper and longer than it actually was. It's a good three four seasons, and then there's a whole bunch of garbage after that. Oh wow. Did not know that. Well, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's a situation where there's just a certain, probably like 25 episodes that gets everybody going. They're the yeah. hits. And there's, Play the hits. there's good stuff around that. There's just, and me and Banks, as two people that three years ago watched like 12 straight SpongeBob episodes in a Memorial Day weekend trip one time. Like, it's a murderer's row. Like, there's a certain mm-hmm. SpongeBob era that is just simply. Back to back to back, just banger after banger after banger, and in, in almost a stunning way, and almost like a you know RIP to the great Bill Russell. It's like they won eleven straight titles or something. Like it's just like just it's just like winner win championship team after championship team. It's like uh, the early then, uh, it's like season one of Arrested, where it's just every episode is a hit. Yeah, see, I've never seen that, but I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I only watch cartoons and teen dramas, so I, I can't really speak to you know all these other shows. Reality shows. Uh, yeah, and reality shows and reality shows. Um, so yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that another time. We got we got Baltimore sports to talk about here, gentlemen. And and then obviously the breaking story today is to record on Monday, the first day of August, is Trey Mancini dealt to the Houston Astros from the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles at right-handed pitcher Seth Johnson. Yeah, this is also a three-team deal, by the way. Jose Siri goes from Houston to Tampa Bay, who Tampa Bay throws in. Seth Johnson, and then they get, and then the uh, make sure I'm not flipping that. And the Orioles get Chase McDermott from Houston. Mm-hmm. Seth Johnson is the best prospect in this deal. He's listed as the sixth best prospect in the Rays system, but he has he just got Tommy John, so he's gonna be out for a while. And then uh, McDermott is like 12, 11, 12, like that type of range um, in the Astros system. So they get two prospects backs, two pitching prospects, which, as we said after the draft. I felt like the Orioles needed to continue to restock the pitching depth a little bit in the organization. And so they do that to a certain extent with the trade deal, but I'll just throw it out to you guys, you know, first impressions, you know, we've been talking about this for seemingly five years. I know it's only been, you know, six weeks, but seemingly five years about the possibility of training, training. even going back to like some of the contract stuff and things that happened way back when with him. And now he gets to go to a team where he has a chance to get a ring, which is awesome for him. Um, and a really emotional day, I think, for a lot of fans. Definitely him as well, based on his comments to the media, based on Mike Elias's comments to the media. Uh, an emotional day for him. Other players, emotional days for them. Uh, RDT, Trey Mancini is your guy. There's no doubt about it. He departs, and uh, it's sad. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. A, I mean, it was a roller coaster kind of week because, again, we we talked about it off air, but I mean, we didn't even talk about the his his last head at Camden Yards. Brian, you were there sitting in those nice seats. Um, again, I mean, for, for, and like we talked about for that to be Mo Gabba day and which lined up with the last Orioles home game before the trade deadline, you're thinking like, you know, if, if something happens, it's, it's kind of, I, I don't, I, I don't know what the, the word is, but like, 
the fact that that was the last game and that was the way that he went out to in front of the home fans was something. Again, I mean, his first his first hit at Camden Yards, his first career hit was a home run at Camden Yards. Um, into the bullpens, his last hit was a home run off of Josh Lowe's face. And it was a home run. It's not an error. It's not a, it's not a, someone said it's, it should be a single and three base error. No, it's, it was a home run. I've never seen a more clear home run. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I, I, you know, I, I had to, I texted him after that game and I was like, dude, this is amazing. You know, regardless of what happens, like, I hope, you know, you know what you mean to Baltimore and his, his response back was like, I love it here. I love this team. I love the guys. Like, this is just so much fun. And he, you know, he said like there, you couldn't write a better ending if this was it. And, and he's true. I mean, that was, that was quite an ending to go out with. It is cool that the Astros do come to uh, Baltimore late in um, September. So my guess is that that may be close. I mean, that's going to be an awesome crowd. Um, that whole, that whole uh, series that they're here, but yeah, you know, when the news came down today, I think everyone was kind of felt the same thing. I'm kind of relieved that it's not tomorrow at four o'clock. Like Trey said, Trey said he thought if he was going to get traded, he thought it would be tomorrow and he thought it would be at the deadline and who knew, you know, who knows what would have happened, but um, you know, some stuff kind of started moving today. There were a couple other trades, but yeah, you know, he's going to go to Houston. He's going to, and they asked him in the, in, in his interview because he was, he was on the field, like warming up and they pulled him off the field. Um, they asked him what he thought about the Crawford boxes, which is the complete opposite of what Camden Yards did this year with their fence. And he just said, you know, knock on wood, I think I'm going to like this a little better than the new wall at Camden, which, I mean, you know, 315 down the line versus three, whatever it is, I think he'll be fine. But um, again, he goes to a team that is, I mean, they're arguably, obviously the Yankees are the team to beat, but the Astros are right there. The Astros have the Yankees number this year. Um, they're going to hit a bunch of home runs. They're already a very fun team to watch. I mean, I, if they go out and they make a, a, a you know, a world series run, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great to see Trey, you know, again, I mean, this is going to be basically his first taste of, of playoff baseball. He got it in 16 in that wild card game against the blue Jays, but that was it. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm excited for him to kind of get this new start in Houston. Obviously, he wanted to be here, it sounded like. But, I mean, he he's also knew what was going to happen. Um, so, again, I, I'm really excited to watch him in these playoffs and just, again, see him on the bright, uh, the bright – under the bright lights, the big stage, and, you know, batting fifth or sixth or whatever behind Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve. So, I, I again, I mean, a great what – Thing he said nine years in the organization, great six years, you know, up here in Baltimore. And for some, I think they said he was like 200 games under 500 in his career. Obviously, the Orioles were not good when he was here, but they were like, you just don't see someone beloved like he was, you know, again, on a team that lost 200 more games than they won when he played. So, again, I mean, it's it was it was a very bittersweet day, but it was obviously nothing wishing nothing but the best for him and Sarah. And who knows what he'll do in free agency? I mean, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But yeah, shout out to him. That two hundred number is tough to hear. It checks well, and out. that was not including the the twenty twenty season, which again they were only ten games under. But it was like two eighty six and four ninety something, something like oh. that. It was it was bad. I I got to find out who someone tweeted it, and I should I should have. If I find it, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll give him credit. Yeah, brutal. Um, what a moment, though. I mean, just talking about last Thursday afternoon at a game that 
had a pretty good crowd for a, for a weekday summer um, afternoon game. And the energy was good all day. It was a pitcher's duel. And um, I can't – I mean, I can pinpoint the last time I saw the yard just kind of go crazy in the middle of a moment as it was unfolding, it's dumb and young. Like it was eight years ago. It, it, as soon as that ball hit, clocked him in the head and started rolling away. <laughs> the place went bananas. I mean, it was, it was electric. And obviously the, it was just that buzz stayed there, you know, for the remainder of the game, which, you know, wasn't much more to it, but there was just an error in the ballpark. Like, Hey, we're, at, we're here because meaningful baseball is happening. We're here because we care about this team. And what we just saw is something different. It's not just your normal um, run-of-the-mill baseball game. Like, it was just a special moment for a special player at a special time. And um, it's poetic. And it stinks that he's gone. Um, but it is what it is. It's We know it's business. We talked for weeks about how we didn't want it to happen. Um, still want it to be un, undone. But it is what it is. And um all things considered it seems as though they got a great haul relative to what we figured they could get so that's a good thing in its own right um i think johnson pegs in there as the in theory as the third best pitching prospect in the organization and he's going to get tommy john here but come 2024 2025 you know he'll be in his mid-20s and these other guys will be up in rotation and you're starting to fill out a legitimate rotation if he pans out because it seems like you know grayson and, and deal hall are you know nobody's a sure thing but it looks like they're going to be dudes in the league so you start to just put those guys in place and you, you know we've got the offensive tools and in, in the pipeline and even at the major league level already it's you know things are really coming into view here and not just for this year but for the long term and um we were all kind of shitting on the idea of Trey Mancini getting traded because we thought we were just going to get peanuts for him and just organizational depth. And it sounds like we actually got somebody who can, you know, be a contributor, a serious contributor down the road. It Real quick. It, it sounds like Johnson. I think they've already like updated the Orioles rankings. They have Johnson as the eighth best prospect. In the, in the Orioles, I had a, I had a system. Yep. Yeah. He's one ahead. And then um, the other guy, I forget his name. Um, they had him at 12. He's so again, 12. I had a Mike Bauman. Yeah. And, and again, Banks, I mean, you said it. We were all, I was all, again, shitting on it being like, if you're going to get a 26 year old guy who couldn't get above double A, then no, this is not worth it. And from the second that it came out, like who the players were. And then again, it, it's impossible to grade these, these trades, but people were like, it seems like the Orioles got two guys who will help their playoff positioning sooner, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, and, and again, that, that, that this is a move for obviously that they thought that they were getting very good value. And again, you, then you, when you see them slotted where they are in the system, it's like, okay, well, you know, it, it's not a 28th guy. And then like, a, oh, he's unranked, which would have been like, thanks way to go. You know? And then, then you really would have had Buster only going even more than he was already going today. That fucking piece of shit. You saw his tweet. I was so close to just tweeting the, um, finding a clip of uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny when mm. they're complaining about there being no dong in the movie. And he's just like, <laughs> fuck you. And I just wanted to find that simple short clip and I didn't find it quickly enough. And then I also just 
thought to myself, like, let's, you know, let's not give him this moment here. Yeah. It's, I, I think a lot of people took their anger out on Buster. Um, being like the Orioles saved $2.5 million to get a bunch of pitchers uh, in a ball. And it's like, you, there are many things that this trade was, it wasn't a salary dump. Like it's not a salary dump. That's not what it was. Like you fuck you peasant. He's, he's the worst. He just, he saw another opportunity and he took it today. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, it, it sucks. It, like, like we were saying a lot of the, um, you could hear a lot of the guys in the locker room. I think Ryan Mountcastle, his legit quote was, this sucks. So, again, he was, I mean, leader in the clubhouse, leader in the community, leader on the on the diamond. Um, I just, you could not ask for anything better than what Trey has done the last six years. And, again, I, as, I mean, you know, I've told them many times, like, I'll root for you guys where no, no matter where you go. Houston's getting, obviously, someone very easy to root for a hell of a baseball player and a, and a, a very good clubhouse presence. So did he get added to the lineup card tonight in Houston? N- no, I don't think so. Cause he was, again, he was on the field in, 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 um, right. But it's, Rangers. you know, not terribly, it's a short flight. Yeah. But I don't, they, you know, I don't know about physicals or, or you know, whatever now with True. COVID, COVID stuff. I figured just because, and this is, I was going to bring this up a little bit ironic that, uh, the trade opened up the uh, the roster move for Yesniel Diaz to get called mm-hmm. up. Yeah, because people um, thought it was going to be Stowers number one, but yeah. So I'm just I just popped on uh, the the Sox Astros game here, and they're going to the bottom ninth, and I was just wondering if he's going to get a pinch hit opportunity here, but I guess this that's not the cards. No, but I think Christian Vasquez is. Well, I don't know about him, but he got traded while on the field in that game or during batting practice. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. It was pretty funny. He just had the walker. He was doing an interview. Yeah, that was bizarre. And the PR guy just grabbed video. him by the shoulder and yanked him away. It was like, uh, you're coming with us. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting to watch the Buster only stuff. I, I actually think that, you know, we've obviously belabored a lot of these points about only and about Mancini. So I don't think we need to like relitigate our feelings about what we thought the team should have done with Mancini. I don't necessarily think Buster Olney is wrong to like retweet 400 quotes about how everyone in the Orioles organization loves man Trey Mancini and then make the point that they traded him <laughs> for got for like, and I'm not diminishing these two guys as prospects, you know, Seth Johnson could come off of Tommy John and become great. Um, but he will be a 24 year old who hasn't gotten past a ball, you know, coming off of Tommy John. So he's not like a, he's a prospect, but he's not a, he's not a guarantee. None of these guys are, and that's not a shot at him. I, I, this just, to me, this continues to suck. And I, I, it's, it, and maybe they will just resign him in free agency and it really won't matter. And it's like, ah, we'll just forget that there was a three months of a trade, but when you've like built this momentum um, and I know this is not how teams make decisions. I know I'm speaking in a utopian world where whatever, um, you read all those quotes from Mount Castle and Adley and Adley's quote was like, he's the gold standard. Like he's the guy that all of us look up to. I just think that that has more value value than these two prospects. And I agree with both what you guys said that these two guys are better than what I thought they were going to get. Makes you think there was probably more of a market than for Mancini than I thought there was. I think that is what that proves. Clearly they were Ben attendees, you know, that hall last week was like, Ooh, maybe they're, maybe they're not going to get something that good. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I mean, that's a, that's pretty good. And maybe, maybe 
you know, I, you know, Johnson is coming off of Tommy John and is, I think, rule five eligible too. Mm-hmm. And I, and the Tampa just like needed to get That's rid of them essentially because yeah. of their roster situation. Um, so whatever, those guys are who they are. I, I just will just make the point one more time because we're never going to talk about this again that I think that that guy, you know, as your leader for your, you know, two more months of guys getting called up into the bigs, your Vavras and your Stowers and all these different guys that they're going to call up for sure. Having that guy as the guy that comes in every day and as the model of professionalism, I just think that's valuable. I respect Mike Elias for coming in and, you know, saying how it wasn't an easy decision. And I don't doubt that it wasn't like no one, I think here in Baltimore saying that this wasn't easy. I'm sure Mike Elias thought about this and belabored over this, lost sleep over this. You know, that's what good executives do. I just just, just disagree with it. If, if I was making the decision, I wouldn't have put also Michael Elias is getting paid a lot more money in his one World Series and done things that I haven't done. So I will trust him to make those decisions correctly. But it's just, you know, you read those quotes and you knew those quotes were coming. I mean, we all knew those quotes from those guys were coming. But the Adley Rushman, he's the gold standard. That just means something in a locker room. Guys like mm-hmm. that really mean something. And you hope that there's other veterans and that these guys have learned enough to where that – you know, standard of work and, you know, what you do each and every day is the same. And maybe the Orioles have created that regardless of a Mancini. Maybe that just exists regardless. And if they have, that's an amazing culture. And that bodes very well for the future. And that makes me really excited. But I was reading those quotes. And I was like, ah, just as a fan, just emotionally as a fan, because I think we do a pretty good job sometimes separating like the emotion of a fan from like, all right, we see the business side and I totally see that. And I, and I see where Michael Elias is coming from. You just look at it as a fan. And I just enjoyed watching the Orioles more with Trey Mancini in the lineup every night. I enjoyed watching the team. I, that stuff that happened on Thursday was unbelievable. It really was. It was one, you know, for a team that's 51 and 51, it's pretty amazing that that's a moment that they were able to experience. And that, you know, that got that kind of recognition. And for that guy, well, also one of the worst, one of the worst efforts you'll ever see from a catcher getting back to the plate to try to tag Mancini, who just was laboring at the end. But whatever, feel for the moment, I think, is what we said when we were texting about it on Thursday. I think you said that. Like, what a feel for the moment by the he catcher. Just, that, that guy That guy could not have gone any slower being like, here I go. I'm going to tag him. Um, and then, uh, by the way, let's get this. Kevin Cash. I mean, what is that? An error? It, first of all, it's, it is not an error. It's just straight up not an error. No one in the world is scoring that an error. It he couldn't see the ball. Like when you can't see it, and if it hit off his glove, error. But it just hit him in the face. He couldn't see the ball. Like that's I know that is an error, quote unquote. He should have made the play, but not it. It's not a normal circumstance. It became a, not a routine play. It was no longer a routine play once he couldn't see it. So if Kevin Cash, take an absolute seat. That was so sour. Just appreciate the moment a little bit. Don't be a robot. That's why he didn't win the World Series. But, but like, also, what does he care if it's an error? What's the difference? It's You're so saying, weird. I I just what, support lost. your guy. Be like, be like, ah, uh, like you know, we feel for him. You know, it's tough out there at that time of the day, and he just lost it in the sun, and that happens in baseball. We have full confidence in him. We're moving on. It's an error. Like, mm-hmm. what do you? What a weird quote. Very. It bizarre. came. It came off as a, just a sourpuss answer. Like, yeah, like I just a very don't understand why I just, I didn't, I, I wish I, I couldn't find the video. I should have tried harder. I wanted to find the video. I couldn't find saying, it either. Cause I was almost like, is this like made up or something? Cause it just seemed like such a weird detached quote. Like mm-hmm. not even about the, it could have been any, it could have been Jorge Mateo that hit it, but just like not your, maybe he said it after. I just couldn't find the transcript, but like come support your guy. Like it just happens. Like every 
outfielder baseball has this happen at least a couple times in their career where you just have some environmental circumstances that screw with you out there. But whatever. Yeah, stinks to not see Trey Mancini. Hopefully Chase McDermott and Seth Johnson become productive members of the Orioles organization and do great things. And hopefully Trey Mancini resides in free agency. We'd love to have him back, obviously. You know, great representative of the town. I also said if they win the world, if the Astros win the World Series, I don't know if I said this on here, but I think you hang you hang a banner. I think we'll find a sure. place banner in Camden Yards. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of space in the warehouse. A lot of space. Is Buster only space. invited to the, the no. Astros parade? No. No. No, someone said that that Buster only hates the uh, Astros too because they did like a I Orioles mean. fans <laughs> handshake, Astros fans handshake, and then underneath hating Buster only. Mm. By the way, I've gotten I mean, like three hundred and fifty new followers that are all Astros fans, and they're like, "Come on down, partner. We got barbecue. Enjoy it." Like, <laughs> six nice old bitch. <laughs> that's I mean, I mean, for longtime listeners, that's Banks's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. I, I was three, four years ahead of the curve on this one, and I really cemented it early in the early stages of this podcast. I actually looked looked back on it, episode four, I believe. I'm, I'm standing for my Astros. So you guys are late to the party, but welcome aboard. It's good to have you. Yeah. Thank you for having It's good to see you guys uh, see the error in your ways and uh, go towards the light. Now I'll pose this to you guys real quick. So we talked about last week, last couple of weeks, this stretch the Orioles had, right? They were going into a pretty manageable part of the schedule before the trade deadline. Not manageable necessarily all before the trade deadline, but this key games against Rays and the Yankees. And then it opened up a little bit after that with a series against Cincinnati leading into the deadline. Ultimately, Mancini gets traded the day before the deadline. So I'd, I'd added this Texas game in there. They go six and five in this 11 game stretch. Is there any chance that Mancini doesn't get traded if they're? I don't know, nine and two. It sounds like he still gets traded, by the way. Based on what Mike Elias said, that just felt like the plan. Yeah, and there was a quote, I got to find it, that Brandon Hyde had, and he said something about, you know, one day you're, you know, you're three games or two games above 500 or three games above 500, and like, you know, you're cruising into an easier part of the schedule. And then he said, and then, you know, you lose two games, you're back at 500, and, and, you know, he said, I don't, I got to find the exact quote. I don't know where. Yeah, they, so they right won now, tonight but. against Texas. They just won as we record. So they're 51, they're 52 and 51. The Cincinnati series is one they really needed to win to kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, that's just like one they're just going to have to win with, you know, the AL East teams they're going to play. They got to take advantage of every time they don't play someone that's absolutely, you know, just like selling out the win, which is what all this team think, except for the Rays, who I don't know what the Rays are doing. Um, but they now 50, 50, ah, cannot talk 52 and 51. Um, they continue to stay in this sort of similar, like three, two and a half, three and a half type of games out of the wild card slot. I think if you're Mike Elias, you're also realizing that a team like Seattle and Toronto are kind of just going to go all out to win those two wild card spots. And maybe you think, okay, we just, we're not going to catch those teams unless something crazy happens. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were just going to trade trade Mancini anyway because it's an expiring contract. They don't think they're going to resign him, and why not get a couple things for him? Also, you know, and we talked about that as sort of a fair way to think about it. Um, 
But the Orioles are still right there. Look, we'll see if they can continue to put it together without Trey. It's also funny, the Trey Mancini situation, is he, and we talked about this last week, he was like had like an 0 for 21 stretch going at one point. I mean, it's not as like he was playing his way a high level, um, you know, into a high level trade piece over the last couple of weeks. But um, now the Orioles go without him. <laughs> they call up Yusniel Diaz. We'll see how that works out. Um, Taron Vobber gets the call to the majors this weekend. He had a hit tonight. A lot of people are excited about him or wanted him up for a while um, to play in the infield. So do these, you know, guys that have been playing in Norfolk and playing really well, in Norfolk come up and, and just sort of continue the ride for the Orioles. Certainly possible. Um, it was very fun this weekend when they had their uh, run differential to a f- even zero. That was like almost, I saw people tweeting like it as an accomplishment. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, so half games out of the wild card. Still over 500. Still a fun team to watch. Um, so we'll see. And one last thing, too, and I did find the quote. That it was from Nate, Zach Silver, who said, Brandon Hyde on the Trey Mancini trade, and this this wasn't really what I thought it was, but one day we're going to be three games up in the division, and then things change. I don't really know what he meant by that. Like, I don't know. I, I read that wrong. Yeah, it's interesting, um, interesting quote. But – Jim Palmer, I don't know if I, you guys didn't watch the pregame. Jim Palmer got like emotional talking about Melanie. Melanie teed up a question to him and he started talking about Trey and, you know, what he meant to the city and the community. And he started talking. And at one point you could tell he kind of just stopped and he shook his head and was like, I, I can't. So that I thought that, that was very interesting. Again, I, I think if you're if you're breaking, if you're making Jim Palmer get emotional and upset about Orioles baseball, like I think I think that's a pretty. uh a pretty good uh, point of what you've, what you've accomplished in your, in your Orioles career. Yeah. It's a good way to, to close the book on that. Now we see if they make any other deals tomorrow, trade deadline, what five o'clock, I think six o'clock. So people say they, they played eight, the Orioles played eight. So, you know, this if the Orioles team. do anything wild tomorrow, um, we will jump on and put something right here in this slot of the podcast. So, um, with our schedules, we were going to, we wanted to record after the trade deadline tomorrow, but we just couldn't put it together. So thankfully the Mancini stuff broke now. We were able to talk about it. So if that's something, it would have to be something wild, um, for us to jump on here. Like if there's one trade that happens, we're not going to you know throw a segment in here, but if something crazy happens, we will jump back on here and do a little thing and, and stick it in the segment right here before we turn on, the, go to the Ravens talk, but the Trey Mancini air for now over in Baltimore um, I think an emotional day for a lot of Orioles fans. I saw a lot of people even that I don't see like post Orioles stuff, like on Instagram and things like that being like, Oh, this sucks. Like emotional day. So mm-hmm. um, definitely tell, as you said, you know, the Jim Palmer thing, but definitely on the fan base, heck of an impact for Chairman Stini. That dude can be very proud of the, uh, the work he put in uh, for the organization, for the city. Uh, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. They had their open practice at MT bank stadium. Um, this weekend, which I, I I've never done one of the open practices. I think Banks, you and I were together a little bit this weekend. We were talking about how like we don't really see the appeal of watching the open practice at MT Bank Stadium, but there were like twenty five thousand people there. So clearly, maybe you and I are just not <laughs> drinking out of the same water as those people. But good for good for all of you that were there who listened to this show. I mean, I respect that dedication for going out there. Um, I, but. I, I, I think the idea is that it's it's a lot more family friendly. It's tough to bring children to an NFL football game. I True. mean, it's yeah, it's for sure, for sure. It's sloppy out there sometimes, and uh, it could be a whole day. You don't know what your kids are hearing. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. And whereas they build that more as a, a kind of a kid's day and, and they've got the fireworks to bring it all home. It's, yeah, I, I get it. It's just not necessarily my type of thing. But, you know, more power to the people who go and to the Ravens for putting it together and being able to draw 27K. So it's awesome. People are excited about the team. Yeah, de- definitely, uh, definitely a tribute to the brand and loyalty the Ravens have, have put together to get all those people out there. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like a little bit like a spring game. It's like, we're not really seeing anything of consequence, but you're able to get people out there like good on the Ravens. Um, it's, it's like, everything sounded really good. It looked really good. I think the, the biggest storyline coming out of the early days of camp, I, there's no doubt that it is, is the universal praise for how Lamar Jackson looks as a passer right now from pretty much from media, from, coaches from players um i think Banksy tweeted you know the league should be scared or something to that nature there have you know where we had all the lamar jackson weird stuff last year during camp with covid and you know and all the stuff coming in here with contract and what's he doing and is he signing and blah 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 blah, blah. what are they offering and we just said the kyle murray contract which exacerbated it more we've gotten to football here and the brass tacks are that lamar jackson is playing his ass off a of camp He's looking good. One of the things we're keeping our our eyes on with regards to him is how comfortable he looks in the pocket. Because when things started to break down and not having Ronnie Stanley and uh, revolving doors at both tackle positions last year, he constantly looked uncomfortable in the pocket and he had no time to throw. And he started to second guess decisions based on how much time he thought or he had or didn't have and all those types of things. Um, he had some happy feet and we saw the same thing with Flacco too. Like when, when the offensive line play was poor, he got some happy feet and he didn't play as, you know, he threw a lot of ball off his back foot. Um, so it's good to see Lamar kind of return to form in terms of having the footwork inside the pocket and, and, and drifting around and firing. There's one replay from kind of that sky cam view. Um, where he kind of like maneuvers around a little bit and finds a good arm slot to sling one across to Mark Andrews, which is a site we've seen so many times over the last four years. And it's just so, you know, first off, it just is awesome and exciting to see that because it's, it's football. It's, it's, it was July and that's what you like to see. It's just a familiar site, but it, it looked like the same Lamar to Mark Andrews connection that we're just so used to seeing and, you know, an MVP caliber connection. Um, of course, it's something to continue to monitor because they're not really going at it full speed. They're not guys aren't going after quarterbacks. It's not quite full contact whatsoever. So it's an interesting question, given the injury dynamic from last year and John Harbaugh changing some of the practice tactics and schedules for this year to try to mitigate some injury concerns. It'll be interesting to see how many reps we even see of Lamar Jackson in like true full speed, um, full contact type environment um, before week one. I, I don't know how much he'll play in the preseason. I'm sure he'll play some snaps, um, but we'll see. It's, it's yet to be seen. And we're, yeah, we're just nine days away from a preseason game in Baltimore. Um and we'll see how, how much he plays. But it's exciting. He threw a great deep ball to uh, Rashad Bateman, and Bateman is is getting vertical on some guys and answering some questions that he had without Hollywood Brown involved. And uh, 
yeah, it's uh, things are looking up. Didn't he? Didn't he put on like a decent amount of muscle too? I think they were saying, or did yeah. he cut down, or what was it? Because I think they were saying like you can tell he's he's not thicker, but they were like he just looks jacked. Yeah, and I don't even think he was all that. He wasn't frail or as, as limber or frail as people might have perceived him to be. He always had some good strength to him. He he, he wouldn't get ragdolled too much. He, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of would glance hits and not get affected too much and break some tackles, slip some tackles, whatever. And now he's got more of it. it it'll be interesting to see if it's cost him a half a step in any regard, but I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like the, the natural progression for a quarterback at that age and of that profile to add some muscle and protect himself. I don't, you know, I don't know how conscientious that decision was to put that weight on. If it was um, something the team and him got together and said to do, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what the impact of, of that is. Um, and hopefully he doesn't, Hopefully it helps him on some, a few of those QB sneaks where he just kind of, that's the one thing in terms of his strength. It seems like the, the QB sneaks can go a little sideways every once in a while, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, and it's funny because, you know, he's all the reports we've heard is about how sharp the offense have been. I know today, uh, I think it was a more defensive dominated practice, but um, you're right. Banks we're, the, the steps it's 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 sort of a twofold thing like you hear all of the really good reports from practice and that's great that pumps us up it doesn't really mean anything until we see this stuff in a game i think you know it's also you know developing like what is that offensive line you're going to look like in front of them that's going to try to keep those guys off i mean one of the reasons that the ravens fell apart down the stretch was inconsistency is the offensive line which allowed lamar jackson to get pressured which allowed him to get hurt which you know Set us through the Tyler Huntley era, which guy put on a hell of an effort, but that's you know where it took the Ravens to a non-playoff spot situation. Um, but the, that's that's you know that's the, the those are the questions that need to be answered. Like who's going to anchor that offensive line, and you know can they keep Lamar Jackson off the ground and and healthy? And um, the, the the preseason stuff is going to be interesting in terms of how much he plays and how much we see of him um, to kind of get some of those signals heading into uh, heading into the season. One of the really big things besides the Lamar content that came out of that practice was Kyle Hamilton just getting dragged all over the internet for getting beat uh, by a former USFL player, Bailey Gaither in a, in, on a play. <laughs> this sort of this like reaction is why I think it's just hard for people to talk about sports anymore just like one isolated play, just totally judging that a guy has no speed and no ability to move. Bizarre. One of the more bizarre things I've seen, at least on Twitter involving the Ravens in a long time. There was uh, the, the word that Kipkin thrown around was burned. He turned, he has hips turned the wrong way for a half a second. And that's what happens in the NFL when you get beat like that. The separation is like that it's quick. Um, it wasn't a good look, but then the, the reaction over the top after he was getting dragged was this, like, it was almost exhausting to hear how many people having to come in defending him, where I almost heard so many people say, like, well, he's never going to be guarding that 
route in that spot against a person of that size, this, that, the other, and which is the correct view. It's just like so many people felt the need to come in and be um, Mr. Analyst on that. And it's like, I, it's just furthering the conversation. And I'm just, I'm just not here for this conversation. It's like, come on, Kyle Hamilton, thousand plays on tape in, in college big time, like, like, I, again, I, I don't want to use the word surefire, sure thing, but he's a dude, like he's an absolutely great football player and he's going to be in the NFL. Yeah. The, the overreaction was just, was just crazy. Crazy to me. Just like, and, and John Harbaugh to his credit, like came to Hamilton's defense. He was like, he's, you know, covering him in a position we're like never going to put him in. He's covering a guy he would never be covering in a game. Just like happened to go that way. I think he said, like, here, I'll read the quote. Someone gave him the opinion that he's a limited guy. He's got to play in the box because they saw him try and cover a guy that ran like 10 4 in the 100 meters. I don't know. We're not going to match him up against a 10 400 meter guy, but he played man today pretty good, as you saw. He's going to be pretty versatile and going to line up at a lot of spots. Yeah. There you have it. I mean, there you have it. It's like, is some there there are drills in football practices that happen where it's you there's literally a line and you get matched up with who you get matched up with. It's a complete luck of the draw. It's it's just reps. It's it's not this whole X's and O's. Let's define a player off of this type of situation. So it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just just it's just a lot, just a lot of talk for you know, really no reason. That's the NFL uh, though. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear Jeff Zarebic stock up, stock downs, and give me some reaction? Sure. I've been, wait, I've been waiting on Stock up. Jalen Armour Davis. Like to hear that. Ravens need some quarterback depth. Mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman. We like to hear that. Absolutely. That stock needs to continue to ascend. Undrafted wide receiver Shamar Bridges. I know that's a guy you love, Artie, too. You're a big Shamar Bridges guy. You will not find a bit. We're Trey out of town now. Guess what, buddy? <laughs> if you need someone to stand for you, Mr. Bridges, you got you got me right here. The Ravens do need a fifth receiver. And there was there's been like all these guys thrown about in that mix that are undrafted. And it sounds like Bridges is the guy that is emerging as the, you know, potential guy. Um so we'll see if that we'll see if that plays out. He should, should, went to Fort Valley State. Should we just run a whole campaign and kind of create an entire Twitter personality surrounding this guy? Be the Bridge Boys? Yeah. I would be big, I'm in. I like big, Shamar Bridges. Six four. Big, big trust. Little, big trust. He's he's got a little got a little like red zone target vibes to him. At Shamar six, Bay like Bridges. That. Call him that. Yeah, we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. I think Shamar deserves some campaigning for him. God knows other guys do. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a stock up like that. Isaiah Likely. Mini who's a called a mini camp darling. I absolutely love that. Love that. Um, For the yeah. record, by the way, I officially put in my Lamar Jackson MVP future and Lamar Jackson lead league in passing touchdowns. Uh, I put those futures in this week. Lamar's is 60, um, 60 to one to lead the league in passing touchdowns. I like that. There's a hundred guys on here. I'll just go through the rest of them quickly. Ben Powers, James Prochet, 
Another guy we've nice, talked about a nice, lot. Nice, nice. Think can emerge. Brandon Stevens and uh, honorable mention: Devin Duvernay, Tony Jefferson, Travis Jones. Travis Jones got rave reviews after the open practice. Yeah, and a couple of right, that's there, exciting right? stuff. Which is he's very the, exciting. He's the UConn D tackle. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jalen Moore, Adafe Owe, and Jordan Stout. Who I mean, this guy's so clearly going to be an unbelievable punter. I can't wait to watch <laughs> this guy punt. It's just there's just there's just such a no doubter. <laughs> Such a no doubter. Like good for Zariba for putting one of the honorable mentions because you can't like do a whole paragraph about a punter. It's just obvious that the media is watching this guy punt. Is like ah, this guy can really punt. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I, I know you got to read into that. Stock down Ben Cleveland. I mean, that was, that's the conditioning test. That was gay. He just got married. Like he probably enjoyed himself a little bit. Like give him a break. Um, Tristan Cologne. Um. It looks like he's just maybe going to be an odd man out. Nothing that he this, really did. This is the dirt scenario where you, you have guys that you catch all the buzz about, and then you're like, hmm, I wonder who he's in a camp battle with, and you just throw him in the stock down pile. Uh, Char Kohler, been hurt. Um, David Ajabo, who can't even play, but uh, looks like uh, – <laughs> Because he doesn't sign kind of his weird, contract. <laughs> yeah, kind of a weird contract situation. Because you want, still, if you're the Ravens, you want him rehabbing in the building. Is he the only draft pick that hasn't been signed yet out of every? I believe. Yes. I, believe I think like in the entire NFL, correct. right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really hard to hold that as a rookie now. Like you don't normally see it go this long. Um, Kevon C. Kevon Seymour, um, Benjamin Victor, Ohio State's own Benjamin Victor. So guy been on the practice squad a lot. So not a lot of concerning stack downs, which is nice. Um, and a lot of exciting stock ups. So thank you, Mr. Sharibabak and the Athletic. I read his work. The, 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 the Ravens beat people do a very good job. Shout out to them as we head into the season. Very nice uh, shot. The any update on Tavon Young? Are all, all things clear there? Oh, hold on. Let me take a quick peek. Let me just, you know, I always have my articles open. You know, we like to obviously, you know, bop through everything. You know, I respect the reporting that all of the people that cover the Ravens do, but I didn't see anything on Young. No news is good news for Tavon. No, yeah. So it sounds like, you know, it sounds like Tavon's going to be involved. Um, Okay. A lot of corners, obviously. The Ravens have drafted a lot of corners. Obviously, you know, he's been hurt so much um, that you never, you just never know if he's going to play. But it looks like he's, he's, he's missed the injury bug at this point, which is, which is really good to see. Uh, Battling for a role, apparently. Oh, he's in. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh, but I can't uh, tell if you're doing it, a shtick or not. I, don't know I was. I was doing a shtick right now. I, I, I was. I was doing a shtick until right now. Um, it sounds like the the promising Bears cornerback battling with Tim, Tavon Young is hurt. So it's it's worked out for him. He's the wow. one that's healthy. Someone else is getting hurt. So football Good for juju. Him. Wow. Competing with veteran Tan Young for the start. I'm role. We we hope oh, for the best man. for his counterpart. He's healthy right now, according to um, according to uh, Roto Wire's staff on CBS Fantasy. <laughs> what I don't know. Are someone drafting Tavon Young at IDP? There's those. There's those leagues. Who knows? That that. Let me tell you what. If you're doing IDP, I I just I good for you. I, I, I just don't understand the appeal of IDP. I've never been able to figure it out. But I'm not the biggest fantasy head, so I mean, what do I know? You guys ever done an IDP league? No. Many, many years ago. Uh, 
a young Banks. Mm-hmm. A young Banks. Who was who was your I player? Just, oh, Ed Reed for sure. I who probably was took him. I probably took him in the second round or something. Ed Reed. Uh, Ed Reed. Yeah. 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 Uh, as you said, the Ravens preseason coming very quickly. Um, next Thursday. Next Thursday against mm-hmm. RDT's Tennessee Titans. So, streaks um, coming to an end that night, boys. We will delve so? into the. I we will delve further into the. I think I might have said this last week, but I'll buy, push it back another week. We will delve into the Ravens' unbelievable preseason streak next week. Because it was really one of the is you know, I'm not really sure any story in sports should be more talked about than it. But that's just me. That's just me talking. <laughs> Let's get into the starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, I mean, summer is we're in August now, so if you haven't gotten your Fed Thrills, I really don't know what you're doing. But you can still get them 20 percent off. Use the promo code X52. Get some sunglasses. Maybe you broke yours. Maybe you lost them on a boat or something. You need a new pair. Get 20 percent off your sunglasses. Go out there and get some. I don't think football season's coming in hot and uh tailgate season. You get you get late in the season there, you're gonna want them when it's uh you get your one o'clock game and and then by the fourth quarter the sun's starting to get a little low in the sky and it's right in your eyes um as you're trying to watch the Ravens uh close out a blowout against Deshaun Watson in week seven. Um you're gonna want those those sunnies. Um Real quick, statement from Trey Mancini from Twitter 14 minutes ago. Birdland, words don't do justice what you mean to me, so I'll keep it simple. Playing for the Orioles organization and for the city of Baltimore was a dream come true for me. However, my love for Baltimore transcends baseball. My life was saved here. I met my dream woman and soon-to-be wife here. I met my hero, Mo, here. A huge piece of my heart will always belong to Baltimore. To every teammate along the way, to every coach, trainer, and staff member, to both front offices, to the Angelos family, and most importantly, to the fans, thank you for the best 10 years imaginable. I love you all, Trey. What a guy. What a statement. And see, that seems – that's not like a PR written, hey, like we're going to tweet this out or something nope, like that. Like he that, wrote that. That is 100%. 100% wrote that. Yeah. So, again, I mean, that's, that's just – I don't know. That's who he is. He's the man. Awesome stuff. Well, in honor of <laughs> – in honor of Trey Mancini, we get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. All-time Houston Astros. No, that's not a bit. All-time Houston Astros is the starting This is an Astros podcast. This is the, this the is biggest Astros, Astros podcast, podcast in Baltimore. <laughs> we are rooting for the Astros. We are the biggest Astros podcast in Baltimore, and we are going to pick Astros. Uh, just one of the, I cannot believe I just said that on this show. RDT has the first pick. I have the second pick. Banks, you have the third pick. RDT, the starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Favorite Houston Astros. It's Trey Mancini, number one. Has to be. He's, he's by far my favorite Astro. He's never lost a game while being in their organization. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just, yeah. he's a, he's been a really good really good player for them, you know. That's yeah. That's they it. just they just lost to the Red Sox a minute ago, but yeah, but he wasn't on the count. he wasn't on the field. Yeah, I was I was gonna Fair. say, but he yeah he wasn't there really. Again, I don't even know if he's on the roster yet, but yeah, we're going Trey. I hope he do they have a number sixteen? 
Is he gonna wear 16? I I like I'm legitimately gonna buy a Trey jersey. Maybe like the uh the the City Connect. Uh, I I love those for the record. They were They're really tonight. really nice. I yeah. I think those those and the Padres ones are really really good. I was always a big fan of them for that type of look because the Durham Bulls did did a look like that a few years ago where it was dark navy blue on dark navy blue mm-hmm. with an orange belt. Lime it's green like a midnight. Well, not not lime green. It was just the blue and the orange, but just kind of like a, a midnight look to mm-hmm. it. They I may have even drafted that. As Almedis Diaz is 16 for them. Hit the road, so. buddy. Sorry, Diaz. Yes. So they do have a yeah, they do have a 16 on their team. Okay. I mean, that was clearly going to be the number one pick. This is one where you really wanted the number one pick in this draft. I, I don't really know what I want to do with this draft um at all. Um so I'm just sort of scanning the Astros all-time roster. Um and I'm going to take a guy that I've taken in another draft. Um, I'm taking LJ Hose. Ooh. Oh, I did not expect took that him in whatsoever. The took, him in the, took him in the random Orioles draft. I'm taking him here. Love me some LJ. You know, put him on the squad. Uh, I think he played two years. Oh, I should probably find this now. Oh, here he is on the all-time roster. Yeah, two years after uh, after leaving Baltimore. Um, got traded. Do you guys know who he got traded with? Um, uh, this is actually he, an interesting trade. I know who it was. Did you say who it was for? I know who nope. it was for. It was uh, me too. Oh, it was for Scott Feldman, wasn't it? No, it was the Bud Norris dude. Nope. Oh, it was Bud Norris. Um, man, who it, it was? Um, was it the remember. catcher? No, that was Chicago, Clevenger. Josh Hader. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough. Wait, wow. wait, what? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it was Hose and Hader who went, yeah, to Houston. That's right, yep. yep. Hader was in, like, high, like, high A or low A or something at the time, so. Who just got moved today, too. Just got moved today, yep. Three time, Four-time All-Star, whatever. Thanks. Uh, didn't expect for this to get to me, but I'm going to take the Hall of Famer. I'm taking Jeff Bagwell, one of the great batting stances of all time. Uh, more MVPs than Derek Jeter. Um, also a rookie of the year way back when. Um, just a quintessential 1990s slugger. It's, I, I am so thrilled to have Jeff Bagwell. Also just a great baseball name, Jeff Bagwell. Great. Great. He had the 90s power hitting facial hair, too. Yeah, just the goatee absolutely crushed it. Um, I don't know how he generated power with the, a swing in which you have a wider stance before taking your step than when you actually take your swing, but somehow he did it. Um, that's some kind of strength, all natural, too, I, I would imagine. Good pick. Yeah. With my next pick, I'm just going to take Craig Biggio. Also all famer. Dude is a magnet. Took uh, a lot of hit by pitches. Most baseball history. Um, 
I don't know that there's a lot more to say about Craig Biggio. Did he get to 3,000 hits? I think so. believe so. Um, yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, I mean, just a classic leadoff hitter. Um, not many second basemen make it the Hall of Fame. He did. So, Craig uh, Biggio, also a great baseball name. 3,060 hits. There you go. His his son now a very good player, obviously. Correct. Um, I'm taking Nolan Ryan. I don't think you can. I I don't think you can go wrong and take an old Nolan Ryan, Texas legend, Texas yeah. freaking legend, Nolan Ryan. Um, played forever, really played forever. <laughs> um, I believe I'm, I'm making sure I get the numbers right. 1980 to 88. With the Astros, played from 1966 to 1993. Pretty insane. Still pumped um, too in the and in, well into his mid 40s. Was an All Star in 72 and 89. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, that is so ridiculous. 11 times strikeout leader, World Series champion. He's got his number retired by three teams. Strikeout totals are absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Seven career no hitters. Disgusting. That too. Disgusting career. Disgusting have, career. Have you you've seen that video when he throws at the first pitch for the Rangers in like 2009 or something like that? And yeah. they recorded it on the gun at like 84. It's just a legend. Just a straight up legend. So I'm happy wonder, to on my team with, with LJ Hose. Wonder what the oldest person. Am I overthinking this? Yeah, no, that's not how that works. Anyways, continue. You want to hear a crazy? You guys know the crazy Nolan Ryan stat? Uh, I'm sure I've heard. Never won a Cy Young. Mm. That's stunning. People think he's the most overrated pitcher of all time. Maybe, maybe we should do a, uh, a two first names drafts at some point. You know, just coincide with our, our three game drafts. We could yeah, do we that. could do that. Yeah, do that. I think we, think we think we talked about that. At, I think we talked about that after the three name draft. God, yeah. I still have my list of picks for the three name draft on my board. I may never delete this board. Just still sit. I always delete the boards normally. This board, Willie Cauley Stein. Um, all right, RDTF two. Uh, I am gonna go with Miguel Tejada. Yes, Heck. Miguel Tejada. Eventually traded to the Astros for five players. Do you want to name those five players? I've got no shot. They're all like legitimately recognizable names. Wait. Hit me. I'm sorry. It's the only four players are listed here. I don't remember all five. Troy Patton, Luke Scott, Dennis Sarfarte, and Matt Albers. Wow. It's not a bad. What a what a weird group of players. Not a bad, not a bad little uh little uh group of guys, but yeah, he played there for 08 and 09. Uh got traded back or you signed with the Orioles after that too. So the Orioles kind of fleece the Astros there. Um Miguel Tejada also won his home run derby in Houston during that uh home run derby because I remember watching that in the lobby of a dorm in Frostburg while I was at Coach Wooten's camp. So that's always a good memory I have there. And yeah. So again, I'm going to Orioles legends and Astros legends. 
Trey and Sahada first one and two. Um, and then I'll go more recent. We're going to go Jordan Alvarez. I love Jordan Alvarez. I think he is so much fun to watch. He's like, he's arguably one of the best hitters in baseball right now. He is just the strongest person in the league, not named Aaron judge. He is. He's just awesome. His swing is so pretty too. It's, it's crazy. And the fact that they, uh, Houston somehow got him from LA for, they traded like draft money for him or something like that. It's just, it's, it's stupid. So I'll take Jordan, which I think, I think if he ever plays in the ALEs, he's going to hit the warehouse. Like he, that's why, that's why I want a home run derby in Camden pretty soon. Just so we could see Jordan hit the warehouse. He is pretty fun to watch. Mr. Alvarez. He's, he's just unbelievable hitter. Um, I'm going to take Roy Oswalt. I just feel like just, just was, was, was solid steady for a long time. I got to pull up the numbers here, but um, he's just, I think he's like an ass, the asterisk pitcher you think of, at least I do personally mm-hmm. from that sort of era. He was just very, very good for a while. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Roy Oswalt and not think too much more about it. I think that's just Ab- solid. absolutely untouchable in MVP baseball. Oh, five, mm-hmm. maybe the best mm-hmm. pitcher in that game. Maybe. Nine years with the uh, with the Strohs. Nine years with the Strohs. Three time All Star. He was good. Did he? He was very good. What was his? What was that story about? Do you remember the story about him with the tractor? There's some story. I don't know if it's, the, it was like the tractor story. He had a clause <laughs> in his contract where if he won a Cy Young, the Astros would buy him a tractor, and he won the Cy Young or something. It was it was Cy Young or something like that. I um, don't remember that story. I also don't. Yeah, bulldozer. Hold on, hold on. Here it is. It's a bulldozer. Sorry, I got my farm equipment messed up. Um, <laughs> How dare you? He got a bulldozer for Uncle Drayton. Astros owner gets plowed. <laughs> That's what this. Uh, yeah, Oswald's new bulldozer, a reward for clinching start. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Remember? Oh, the Astros owner told him, promised him in the clubhouse before a playoff game. Uh, win and you'll get that all-purpose tractor you've ever wanted. Game six, going to the going to the World Series. So he won the game and they bought him. A, they bought him like this massive bulldozer. And there's like pictures of him out in front of the stadium, like on top of the bulldozer. It's very funny. That's very cool. As Texas as it gets. That's very Roy Oswaldish. Yeah, I'm gonna complete the three Bs. You guys let me do this. I'm gonna take Lance Berkman here. Switch hitting uh, stud. Uh, came came around a bit later than than Biggio and, and Bagwell, but when they got together there, the, uh, the early to mid OOs, they were formidable there in the middle of the lineup. Love Lance Berkman, very, very good point, very fun to watch. Yeah, head coach, head coach at Rice. Now is that true? Um, he was considered to be he was a candidate for the head coaching job at Rice. I believe he's the head coach at Houston Baptist. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was a he, he was a candidate for Rice though because he went to Rice. They gave it to Jose Cruz Jr. I believe. Um, hold the phone. Yeah, Houston Baptist. I mean, he turned eighteen and thirty six this year. The Houston Baptist. He has any shot to get the Houston Baptist mascot? It's a husky. That makes just no sense. Wow. Nope. Yeah, that, Couldn't that, make less sense. You were never going to get – you guys were never going to get there. 
never going to get there. Well, wow, look at that picture they had with Jake Boss Jr. from Michigan State. What a photo that is. Wow, mm. Michigan State throwbacks are pretty tough. Don't like those. Um, thanks, another one. I'm taking Roger Clemens. Mm. Roger Clemens, as steroided up as he ever was late in his career, showing up in June, skipping spring training, just coming in with a big old gut and just throwing BDs, throwing, throwing splitters. <laughs> Roger Clemens was a bad dude in more way than one. And I'm taking it. Yes, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> he's all over the map when it comes to being a bad dude. It was always funny. He he, uh, he was one of those guys that would always play those celebrity golf tournaments not long after he retired. And he would struggle at times. And he had, he gave off such a proud demeanor on the mound that he was just wasn't to be fucked with and he was untouchable. And then just to see him completely get humbled by the game of golf was always fun to see. Golf will do that to you. Yeah. Um, I'm taking uh, I'm taking George Springer. I, I thought George Springer was the most fun guy on all those teams. I obviously, I, you know, Altuve has an argument, but he's a cheater, um, and maybe they all are. But you know, <laughs> did anyone prove George Springer had a buzzer on his chest? No. So I'm taking George Springer, UConn guy. Shout out to our friend Marty. I was going to say you're all about the Huskies right now. I love the Huskies. I love the Huskies. Ducharmania. Go, UConn women. RT. You guys have no idea what that means. I'm going (laughs) to take the guy that you just spoiled, but I'll take Altuve. Oh, my God. What a pick. I thought Banks was going to take him first. For, I was kind of banking on getting late, but for know, one of the short for one of the short guys, he has to be it. He has to. Oh, uh, this one's for the shorties. Plus, he's also like he's a legitimate fringe Hall of Famer. May not be fringe. His postseason numbers are incredible. He's gonna have. Yeah, his, when they're banging on trash cans, coach. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> you, you ever you ever clap for Rafael Palmeiro? Same thing. I, I get to choose every four. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I think he's just a very fun player to watch again. I don't think he's a fringe Hall of Famer, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, like his his numbers are gonna be MVP, gold glove, his hit numbers right now. Like, yeah, hit numbers. He's got 1800 hits. He's definitely gonna get to you know, he's 32. He could play five more years, maybe more. He's gonna get to 2500 hits, you would think, probably. And then his, I forget the 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 stat, but his playoff home run record, like I think he's like number two or three. He may be three all time in postseason home runs. Sports Illustrated cover with JJ Watt. I mean, the guy absolutely has it all. Yeah, he's again, he's a he's a very yeah, he's good a Hall of Famer unless unless he gets banged for the cheating thing and people get off it, which I don't think he will. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, I would think. Yeah, the best second baseman of his era, arguably, right? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. Arguably, I, think, I mean, I think we're, you we're have to, to litigate that right now, but he's certainly in the discussion. I think you gotta, you gotta say that. Um, he's played in the World Baseball Classic. Wow. Yeah, that's solid. Um, if my computer wasn't freezing, damn it, who? Tough technology stuff. Today. Oh wait, 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 stuff. wait, wait, wait. Let me. I just want to double check. Hold on. This is my 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 next pick. My last pick will be, yeah, there he is. There he is. I just wanted to get the years. We're going big unit. Randy Johnson. 
Yeah. Did he only uh, play one year there? Yeah, like that's why I wanted to like the trade deadline acquisition. Yep, 1998. Uh, Let me get his stats for that year. 11 starts, 11 regular season starts. He went 10 and 1 with a 1280 RA and 116 strikeouts in 84 in the third innings, four shutouts. He finished seventh in the National League Cy Young voting, only playing there for two months. That's unbelievable. Um, That's ridiculous. They lost in the NLDS, and Johnson started games one and four, both losses. Gave up three combined runs. Uh, earn runs in the two games. Crazy. He's just the best. Again, like like Nolan Ryan, he's just. They've had. I mean, they've had arguably two of the greatest. They've had two of the top. They've had three of the top five greatest pitchers to ever play. Clemens, um, Ryan, and Randy Johnson. Yeah. Fuck Mary yeah. Kill. Start one, bench one, cut one, or whatever. Yeah, and they got Justin Verlander, and Garrett Cole. Yeah, and they well, had Eric Bedard. Uh, Eric Bedard, who I almost took with this pick, but instead <laughs> I'm taking. Um, he only played ten games for the Astros in 2009. He reached base one time on a hit by pitch. It's my guy, who I've talked about on this podcast. It's my guy. It's Aaron Booney Boone. Oh, I Aaron thought you were going to take Kevin Cash. No. Screw Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash Aaron played Boone there in 2010. That's Booney, why I was like, wait a minute. Booney, this is the most inside joke of all time that has nothing to do with this show, but I'm putting Booney on my team. Shout out to my guys, Ben and Spitz. Kess and Spitz, they know. They understand why I have to take Booney here. He's my guy. Taking Booney, manages the best team in baseball. So, thanks. i take Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner was mm, He was yeah. on my board. Short, lefty, just throwing cheese. Um. I believe he was born right-handed and he just picked up throwing left-handed just for fun as a kid. And it just turned out like, Oh, I can just absolutely throw smoke left-handed. So that's my pick. Yeah, he was good. He was very, very good. Billy, Billy Wags. Um, All right. Uh, RDT took Trey Mancini, Miguel Tejada, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Randy Johnson. (laughs) My draft is all over them board here i took lj hose nolan ryan roy oswalt george springer and aaron boone banks takes craig banks actually drafted he took jeff bagwell craig biggio um lance berkman roger clemens and billy wagner um we don't have to do honor mentions for too long here i almost took an alu they had jesus alu and moises alu i almost just grabbed mm-hmm. an alu you know you never bad to have an alu didn't do it though eric Bedard, as i said very much was on the board but i uh to Garen Boone instead. Uh, anything from you guys? Just you can toss some out if you have any. Sean I was thinking Chacon. of Sean Chacon. Why Sean Chacon? It's so random. It's so random. It's an absolute. Like, like Wandy Rodriguez. Like yeah. Um, um, I uh, was thinking about taking AJ Hinch just because he ran such a good, clean, and successful program. Ricky and Keel. I literally just have the at, like the list of everyone who's ever played for them, and I was like, I also scrolling did down. I also had that. My my cousin went that. to high school with JJ Matajevich, who's on the team right now, who bat flipped uh, off what's his name, um, Garrett Cole a couple weeks ago. And Mike Quayar, Brad Lidge for giving up such a mm. memorable dinger. Mm-hmm. What an absolute um, tank that was. Oh, my Lord. I remember watching that. Oh, my God. That ball was I, destroyed. I, I wanted Brad to work Lidge. in an, an Enron pick in, in some way. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards. 
I would have allowed um, you to take Enron, to be honest. Yeah, just take Enron Field. Um, Shocker here, but Oliver Perez played for them. Yeah, I, Octavio Dotel was was kind of on my radar. Um, just a, another fun little uh, Jose Lima. Mm-hmm. Talking about relievers. By the way, um, I love that baseball reference uh, has – is is committed to the sponsorship game by having the on Billy Wagner's page the Rollades Relief Award uh, <laughs> attached to his name. Rollades, uh, whatever they shelled out for that years and years ago, just still still paying dividends. Good. By the way, Good. the Enron formerly Enron Field has been Minute Maid Park for twenty years. That's crazy. Good for Minute Maid. I thought it with switched it. at some point, but I, uh, I, oh, I found that out Minute a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. It was the ballpark at Union Station and Enron Field and Astros Field. It's been Minute Maid Park ever since. Did we do a stadium names draft or something? Two weeks ago. No, we have it all. Yeah, we, we just we just literally did it. I was going to say, I feel you took, <laughs> already I literally took, took Enron. Enron Field, but he took Enron to with the last oh, pick. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. like, I took the swap with the first pick. I mailed in the draft. It was two weeks It's ago. late. It's late. It is yeah. late. It is late. We, we are, we are admittedly recording this very late and really the only time we could get it done this week. And everyone is, everyone is yeah. a bit gassed. No, 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 no apologies from us here. The you know, co-host with, with, uh, jury duty in the morning. Yeah, 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 I got jury duty. I'm gonna go do my civic duty tomorrow. Um, so you know, it has to be done. It has to be done. But that doesn't mean we're not gonna give you a draft. So Houston Astros, I will never do that. We'll never do Houston Astros again. So if you enjoyed that, you know, listen back to it a few more times because we're never drafting Houston Astros again in any situation. Um, Nick Hander Medley, Maryland Person of the Week. Um, RDT. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make it a clean sweep. We'll go, Trey. <laughs> Have to. I mean, what Have a to. shocker. Have to. Thanks. I'm just absolutely hit a wall here mentally. I, I completely forgot the two things. Uh, Tina Smite for, for being such a great host this past. The, the Smite clan as a whole for being, you. A, being a host. Um, and then understanding a tough situation where I had my hat in hand. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, you were you yeah, did yeah. come hat in hand to the to the Smites, and we did we did welcome you to our Ocean City, one yeah. of our Ocean City abodes. Um, no, no, we have two. No, we have two. Not, no, a, not, not to brag. Yeah, I mean we have two places. It's not, it's which not Ocean deal. City yeah. place Ocean of mine C- did you stay at? Which one? I can't remember. I get them all. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You know, it's whatever. You know, mom's side of the family's from there. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, we're just Ocean City people. It's fine. Um, but it was a pleasure to have you, me and Banks, you know, spend some time on the beach together, you know, spend some time. Um, I will mention the, the daiquiri at Real Inn, just an elite daiquiri. Oh, Real Inn and Harbor Island. Shout out to Real Inn. That, your daiquiri was good. That sip I had of it was tremendous. Mm-hmm. And you're the, you're the deck guy. Um, I'm going on, you know, I'll, I'll jump in with mine. I, I do love the beach. I, I haven't been on the beach as much as I would have liked to this summer. I've been at the beach, but haven't, you know, at the beach, quote unquote, but not have gone to the beach. Um, and I, and I say that to, to, to make a point, you know, we, we've talked about on this show, my love of body surfing, um, back in the way back in the day, uh, talking about beach things and the lack of big time swells in ocean state this week for me to absolutely dominate was legitimately upsetting as you know, going out to the beach two days and just not getting big waves for me. And as I've coined the young shredders, 
you know, on their, you know, boogie boards, body boards, whatever you want to call them, or just out there going all natural on the body surfing. I was just standing out there with all the young shredders and we were just getting nothing. We were getting absolutely nothing. And so while I was, you know, I give, I give, um, the beach, my, you know, Nick Cannon, Ridley, Maryland personal week, the waves do not get my same praise. They just did not bring it this week. And it's upsetting. And I, I, you know, I only really maybe have one more beach time in me um, as we enter into sports and and football and things are getting started. So um, that was a little bit upsetting. I really just wanted to have a good two hour shred session. I never really got it. So I I do uh, recall remarking as an observer that I saw little to no swales out there for you. And uh, I believe your comment to me was uh, black. You see no waves and I see an empty canvas. So <laughs> that I was think- my that was my comment. That was my comment, and I tried. I tried to paint on that canvas. You should have seen me out there on Sunday. <laughs> I was every single little tiny thing of a wave I was trying to catch, and I caught some really stupid waves, just some really dumb non waves. And I just it was me projecting positivity about what could be made of the situation and the f- matter of the fact and the fact of the matter is there's nothing out there. And so the blank canvas was ripped apart. And it ripped apart my dreams. That's what I'm saying. So you were not totally wrong. Can't force that. That's one of the saddest stories of the summer. I'm not sure if you saw, but there's another internet personality trying to take take claim as as an alpha body surfer. I didn't see that. It's one John Feidelberg. Wow. That video that video is unbelievable. Is he good? Didn't see a video, but is there a video of him? There was a vi- uh, are we talking about the same one? The video from like 1902 of like a family playing at the beach and it looks like Feidelberg's twin. No, I just he tweeted about it. Oh, I put it, put it in the newsletter yesterday morning. Uh, we were crossing paths then. I, I, I would go, I would go body surf with Feidelberg if he wants to, if he wants to go mano a mano. I love body surfing. It's so fun. It's so fun. Um, what is, and with that, how does one critique or judge or is it just instinct as, as to who, who but how does one sit there and observe and make a determination as to who's the winner? You know, when you see it, I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> to give a sort of semi-serious answer, you know, how long you can, you know, ride the wave in, you know, how far you get in, um, towards the beach is, is one way, you know, what your form is in getting into the wave. Are you smooth? Does it look natural? Are you one with the water? Um, you know, we're avatar way of waters is about to come out and I don't want to brag, but I have the way of water. I'm like a mermaid. So, you know, that's that, those are the things you have to ask yourself. Mer- you know, mermaid. You mermaid. Well, you know, who, who, who are you to say that? That's true. Um, that's fair. 2022. So, you know, come on, man. Yeah. Um, Zoolander was like 99. Zoolander. um so yeah so I, I think that's you know the type of things i just the beach is fun the beach is fun but yeah shout out to the real in the great spot in harbor island that harbor island is where the um where all the boats come in for the the marlin tournament which comes up in a couple of weeks i believe so yeah um go support that local ocean city business should you be around those parts looking for the boats to come in grab, go grab a drink up there my Banks friend my friend uh works for a catering company across the bridge and they got a they got an order with a, a name on the invoice to meet them at the Salisbury Airport in a couple of days. Name is uh, under Jordan, comma Michael. Pretty cool. 
Wow. Catch 23. Yeah. Make sure to go down there. We, we, we Go back and listen to our interview with champion, former Cowardall teacher or current Cowardall teacher. I can't remember if he still teaches there, Tom Hankel. So go back and listen to that. We, we've talked about this tournament before. That's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. A dre- uh, the boys go just after midnight here, and then it's just a full yawn from RDT. <laughs> that will absolutely end the podcast. Uh, make sure to follow, make sure to support all of our um, Exit 52 um, uh, people, <laughs> supporters. I can't even talk at this point. I was like, you'll, get there. you'll land this plane. <laughs> Jimmy, Bring it home. Seafood. Jimmy Seafood, uh, Federal Sunglasses. Uh, like I said, if, if, you know, this is either the end of a podcast that has been recorded or we've jumped in with some crazy Orioles news from Tuesday. Uh, we will discuss all, you know, minor trade deals next week. Um, if, if it's minor stuff, if, like I said, well, if something major is happening, we, we have addressed it. Yes. One last thing before we get out of here. Any thoughts on Otani and Trout sticking and the Angels trying to keep that together? That's it for the X-52 podcast. We'll see you next week.